and welcome to the Pac-Man Podcast. Patriotic American citizen, I'm Ted Flint on the BMG Network. You know, recently, I think it was at his latest rally, Donald Trump said, one more indictment and that'll put me over the top. I'll be president if I get indicted one more time. Well, it appears it might happen. And according to the AP, I'm going to read from a story here by Kate Brumbach, the Associated Press, a grand jury in Georgia, heard from witnesses into the evening Monday, as I record this, in the election subversion investigation into the former president, a long day of testimony punctuated by the mysterious and brief appearance on a county website of a list of criminal charges against the former president that prosecutors later disavowed. It's it's stranger than truth here. Prosecutors in Fulton County were presenting evidence to the grand jury as they pushed toward a likely indictment, summoning multiple former state officials, including the ex-lieutenant governor, as witnesses. But the process hit an unexpected snag in the middle of the day when Reuters reported on a document listing criminal charges to be brought against Trump, including state racketeering counts, conspiracy to commit false statements, and solicitation of violation of oath by a public officer. This thing is going to, it's so bogus. Reuters, which later published a copy of the document, said the filing was taken down quickly. A spokesman for Fulton County DA, Fannie Willis, said the report of charges being filed was, quote, inaccurate, but declined to comment further. And the Trump legal team is going with this. They're saying, look, this is going to lack integrity. This whole investigation is bogus. And it is. Asked about this fictitious document Monday evening, the court's clerk, uh, Shea Alexander, said, quote, I mean, I don't know what else to say. Like, Grace, I don't know. I haven't seen an indictment, right? So I don't have anything. You can say that again. They got nothing. Nothing's going to stick. It's a waste of time, waste of taxpayer money. None of these charges are going to be proven, in my opinion. He's been hit with how many counts? 78 counts so far before these, I think. Anyway, I don't want to spend a lot of time talking about Trump and his legal woes because the uh, the national talk show hosts are doing enough of that. I had a chance over the weekend to see The Sound of Freedom, and my wife and I went, Natasha, we had a, it was, it was disturbing. I said we had a great time. We don't get out often. You know, we have four kids, but we got away to see this movie. We've been both wanting to see it, and it was, it's just unbelievable. It's a blockbuster film starring Jim Caviezel as federal agent uh, Tim Ballard, who's tasked with, or was tasked with finding two children abducted and sold into the sex slave trade, which is a 150 billion dollar a year industry. It's big business. And almost nowhere is it bigger than it is here in the U.S. And it is especially prevalent in Hollywood, which we know is populated by every kind of moral degenerate one can imagine. There are more people enslaved today, and this was, uh, Caviezel talked about this after the movie during the credits. As the credits were rolling, uh, it was kind of a special announcement at the end of the flick, he said there are more people enslaved today, mostly children, than at any time in our nation's history, including when slavery was legal. So why don't we hear more about children being sold into the sex slave trade? There is a virtual media blackout about the issue since the movie was released earlier in the summer. And Hollywood has thrown every kind of roadblock and hurdle it can in order to prevent people from seeing this movie. I mean, what do they have to hide? I mean, I think the answer is obvious. Jim Caviezel says at the end of the film, again, during this, the, the rolling of the credits, that the movie isn't about him or the character he plays, Tim Ballard. 
It's about saving these, these beautiful children who are being exploited for sexual gratification. It's, it's demonic. It's, de- it's absolutely, it's sickening. Sound of Freedom is a window to the truth about the nature of the sex trade industry, which, as you could imagine, is populated by, by perverts and pedophiles and reprobates. Mel Gibson said the first step in protecting these kids is awareness. More people have to be made aware of what's going on. Disney tried to squash the project. They canceled it, and then they failed to promote it, all in an effort to, to, to protect the Hollywood elites. And their biggest fear in Hollywood is public humiliation. That's what, that's what Mel Gibson was saying. That's what they fear most, public humiliation. Hollywood is trying to cover up the truth for obvious reasons. Washington, D.C., the same. The media, also in lockstep. The Guardian called the movie a QAnon conspiracy. A QAnon conspiracy theory. They're trying to derail the movie's success. It's not working. Rolling Stone magazine has tried to shoot down the value of this of the film by casting aspersions on the movement, trying to expose the dark underbelly of Hollywood. And it is dark. It is seedy. It is ugly. Movie critics, some movie critics, not all, but a lot of movie critics have called it dangerous. Dangerous? Since when is it dangerous to hear the truth? It may be dangerous to the pedophiles in our midst. It's unbelievable. And none of these attempts have been successful. The movie has grossed over $100 million, and it's sold nearly 9 million tickets, according to reports. We are in a war. We we know that as Christians. We're in a spiritual battle. Uh, These Hollywood A-listers are part of a system that exploits children. According to one report I read on uh, social media, moviegoers, some moviegoers actually had their accounts blocked after viewing the film. And we've all heard of Epstein Island. Well, Hollywood's elite were frequent, many of them were frequent visitors to Epstein's Island. And by the way, Jeffrey Epstein was murdered. He didn't kill himself. He was murdered. We all, anybody with a half a brain knows he was murdered. The powerful don't want their secrets exposed. And you want to help expose them? See this movie. Tell people about it. I, I don't have a nickel invested. But I, I'm a changed man after seeing this movie. I was in tears. It's, it's that disturbing, and it's that widespread a problem. And share, see the movie and, and share what you've seen on social media. I mean, as for the movie, I'm not going to spoil it for you, but Caviezel, uh, he gives a gut-wrenching performance as Tim Ballard. He's such a gifted actor. He doesn't have to say a word. He's so expressive, and just his face and his eyes, his facial cues, he's just, he's unbelievable. And I saw him in The Passion of the Christ, and he was just amazing then. And he's been blackballed and blacklisted by Hollywood over this movie. He is a Christian. He is using the gifts God has given him. And the supporting cast is is great, too. Ballard and his his small team, they venture into this, this part of Columbia, into the darkest, seediest recesses of Columbia. We know now Columbia is known for its coffee, coffee beans. I love Colombian coffee. But, but this part of Colombia is run by the cartels, and it, it's so evil and so violent, not even the Colombian government or the Colombian police will go into this place. It's run by narco-terrorists, many of whom are pedophiles. And the lead pedophile gets what's coming to him in the end. That's all I'm going to say. He gets what's coming to him, and they all deserve that fate. You've got to see this picture. 
you will come away a changed person. The tagline at the end is, God's children are not for sale. And as for for the perpetrators, we know what's waiting on them. The Bible says, I think it's it's in Matthew 18.6, If anyone causes one of these little ones, those who believe in me, to stumble, it would be better for them to have a large millstone hung around their neck and to be drowned in the depths of the sea. That's what they all deserve. I know we all sin, we all fall fall short of the glory of God, but I mean, these kinds of sins against children are just (laughs) unspeakable. And how could anybody find anything sexually attractive in a child? We're not talking about 15, 16, 17-year-old boys and girls. We're talking about six, seven, eight-year-olds being used in the sex trade. I mean, this is disturbing. I probably should have put a disclaimer at the beginning of the program. You have to see it. Uh, and on a similar note, Disney is facing all kinds of problems, falling profits, economic difficulties, as it's sought to embrace this woke agenda. And for them, it's not about making money or providing good family entertainment. Last week, Walt Disney Company, the CEO, Bob Iger, announced dramatic increases for its online streaming subscription services, Disney Plus and Hulu. Now, I don't know why anybody would subscribe to Disney Plus or Disney for that matter. We don't. I guess we. I, one of my brothers-in-law subscri- has given us a free subscription. I don't know for how long, but hopefully not long. But Disney Plus subscribers will see their monthly bill grow by three bucks to almost fourteen dollars a month. That's about a twenty-seven percent increase. Similarly, Hulu, which is Disney's virtual pay TV service, will grow by three dollars to eighteen a month. That's about a twenty percent hike. So the increase makes Hulu, according to Newsmax, the most expensive for services providing the most basic streaming TV services. And they offer a laundry list of left-wing news and entertainment channels. And they ban conservative channels. So why would anyone, why would any conservative want to subscribe to Disney? And Disney has seen its business suffer as it entered into a a series of cultural battles across the nation, especially in Florida, with Governor Ron DeSantis. They opposed DeSantis' efforts that banned talking about sexual issues to public school children in the third grade or younger. Why would anybody want to talk about sexual issues with a five, six, seven-year-old unless they're looking to corrupt them? And that's what's happening in our public schools. And since then, Disney's business profits have just virtually disappeared. The company posted a net loss of $460 million in the most recent quarter. Last year, the company had a profit of over $1.4 billion for the same quarter. Now they're losing almost a half a billion. People are turning off Disney, Disney Plus, Hulu. Disney Plus lost about 600,000 subscribers over the past two quarters alone, according again, according to, to Newsmax. And Bob Iger has vowed to cut over 7,000 jobs at Disney to bring the company back into profitability. It's, you know, Bob Iger now, he's running Disney. Before him was Michael Eisner. You know, Walt Disney was a Christian. Iger and Eisner clearly are not. Obviously not. And it shows in Disney's programming and the way they run it. If you lose money, I don't understand about the business decisions. I mean, you're in business. Every businessman is in business, not to provide jobs for people, but to to make money, it's about it's about making money, but not to Disney. It's about pushing a cultural Marxist agenda. 
So why would Disney and other companies like Bud Light bite the hand that feeds it? I, I don't get it. They're intent on embracing this woke agenda. This summer, Disney showcased uh, Sean Altman, I guess a gender-fluid social media influencer to serve as a spokesman or spokeswoman, maybe, for the Disney-style TikTok account. The transgender Altman, I'm reading here from Newsmax, described as the new Dylan Mulvaney, wore his Minnie Mouse-inspired look, according to the Daily Mail. Now both Disney and Hulu are facing a boycott similar to the one Bud Light's faced. The boycott has cost Bud Light's parent company $27 billion in stock value. Christian Twitter personality Linda Marie Lovison says, Disney thinks parents and children are really dumb and as evil as they are. Well, they're not. Parents, according to Lovison, she said, cut out all Disney from your family's life. I would agree. Earlier this year, Hulu released a, a woke six-part series called The 1619 Project, a program that uses critical race theory to question the basis of American democracy, and it's nothing but pure communism. You know, it's taken a while for Americans to awaken from their slumber and to see this so-called woke movement for what it is. It's an attempt by cultural Marxists to eradicate America's history and eradicate her greatness by imposing a set of values that removes God from the public sphere and seeks to pit Americans against each other by using race, culture, other differences. Do not let them do it. Other news, a Texas school district has fired a first grade teacher who joked about killing her sister's white boyfriend. It's unbelievable. I can't, this is uh, by Dominic Izo, and it's a, from a conservative website. I can't remember the one, but Dominic Izo posted it. A Texas school district says it fired off a self or fired a self-identified black supremacists teacher accused of posting anti-white posts, which include a joke about violence. Prior to the firing, the teacher reportedly bragged about how she would never be terminated and said some of the administration laughed off her posts. Why shouldn't I hate white people? Former Thompson Elementary School first grade teacher Danielle Allen posted on X, which was formerly known as Twitter. I didn't know Twitter changed to X. But this Danielle Allen, 29 years of age, used X for a burner account where she went under the pseudonym Claire Kyle. The account was first discovered by X user Amiri King. So the Mesquite Independent School District called the posts racist adding that the teacher would not be eligible for rehire. And I'll give you the statement from the school. The highly offensive statements posted to her ex-account do not reflect the values and standards of Mesquite ISD, and the district condemns them in the strongest terms, blah, blah, blah. So Alan posted on, on X, quote, Y'all found my job. They told me to delete the post, but my job is safe, since I did not directly wish harm to all white people. They laughed and told me to just watch what I say, and I'll be, I'll be good to go. Just talk to the school board and my job is safe, at least she thought it was. I told them it was a joke and they know that I'm not racist, so have fun. But she recorded a video of herself walking through the halls of what appeared to be the elementary school saying, quote, Twitter thinks they can take my job away from me. Call me every name under the sun, but you all will never call me unemployed. Alan had originally posted a text message exchange in which she joked about planning to murder her sister's white boyfriend. She expressed concern that the boyfriend looked like a Trump supporter. <laughs> Judging people based on appearances? Isn't that what the 11th commandment 
is all about, the 11th commandment in America nowadays, thou shalt not profile. And she went on to say, like, I'm, I'm baffled as blank seeing a white man in my house. I can't believe it. This is supposed to be a black person only house. I'm so mad right now is what she said. I can't believe she has this cave dweller, the white boyfriend, in my blanking house. Oh, my God, I'm trying to stay calm. She knows I'm a racist. Now she's quoting. That's a quote from her. She's admitting she's a racist. Come and kill him for me. I promise I'll help you hide the body. Bring all four of your guns. The disappointment I feel right now. Our parents raised us better than this. Now, if a white teacher said that about a black uh, you know, boyfriend, uh, that'd be a whole, a whole different matter. Uh, on a related note, former New York State Assemblyman and former Black Panther Charles Barron recently tweeted, I have the distinct honor to be able to come before you and say, I actually lost white population in my community. Thunderous applause from the crowd. Now, what would happen if a white politician said this about blacks and the crowd applauded? Can you imagine? We know what would happen. We know what would have happened. And finally, in one more story here, we'll we'll wind it up. In Saratoga, beautiful Saratoga, New York, home of the uh, Saratoga Harness Track and, of course, the Flat Tracks. Beautiful small city, about a half hour uh, west of me. Uh, a few of the local socialists are up in arms over a recent appearance by the Proud Boys. And the Proud Boys peacefully protested, as is their right, under the First Amendment to the U.S. Constitution, and the libs are apoplectic. It's okay for BLM to protest and break up local city council meetings, as they've done in Saratoga, but Proud Boys can't show up on a street corner without having the Marxists create a scene? I mean, it's unbelievable. They were causing no problems. They were peaceful, the Proud Boys, not BLM. Unbelievable. You know, the Bible tells us to be to be ready to, to gird for spiritual warfare because we are in a battle for not just our nation, but the world. And we know who rules the world. It's the Prince of Darkness. And it tells us in Ephesians, we've got to take up the full armor of God so that we may be able to resist in the evil day. And having prepared everything to take your stand, stand therefore with truth like a belt around your waist, righteousness like armor on your chest, and your feet sandaled with the readiness of the gospel of peace. In every situation, take the shield of faith, and with it you'll be able to extinguish the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is God's word. Thank you very much, folks, for tuning us in. Don't forget all the fine programming we have for you on the BMG Network. We have this program, the Pac-Man Podcast with me, Ted Flint, my daughter Madeline with The Essentials with Maddie Flint, that's up there. Uh, we have Adrian Ross, of course. Her fine show airs Tuesdays. And several fine columns. Check out the PAC perspective. You've got a perspective, uh, a conservative perspective on the day's news and cultural issues. And uh, if you want to contact me directly, it's PACMAN, P-A-C-M-A-N, at the BMGnetwork.com, all lowercase. Hit like. Hit subscribe. We need subscribers. And make sure you share with your friends on social media. Thanks for tuning us in. And if the Lord wills it, we will talk to you soon. The Pac-Man Podcast was produced and edited in the BMG studio. Music by Kevin McLeod. For more episodes of the Pac-Man Podcast, go to the BMGnetwork.com or go to the BMG Network on Facebook. 
And be sure to tune in to the next episode of the Pac-Man Podcast with Ted Flint. Thank you.